Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We are talking preseason predictions for the Big Ten in the 2022 season. If you like the podcast, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review. Send me an email at BigTenFootballTalk at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Excited to bring you my predictions for what's going to happen in the Big Ten West and the Big Ten East. This this is a Friday morning. Next Tuesday, we'll talk playoff and we'll talk about a little bit about Notre Dame staying independent. We'll talk about the finalized deal between Fox, CBS, NBC, and the Big Ten that is now reported to be over $8 billion over seven years, which really hits very close to that $1.2 billion a year that was reported initially uh, about a week ago. We'll talk about that on Tuesday. We'll talk about week zero games on Friday. And so that's kind of the schedule moving forward. And then we'll have games to talk about, which is really fun. So, but we're going to talk about what I think is going to happen, which I'm going to talk about what I think is going to happen. And then I'm probably going to change my mind about it in about two weeks because I'll actually get to see the teams play. And many of you can disagree with me. So send me emails, leave me a review, and uh, let me know where, I, where you think I'm wrong. Uh, because the, the beautiful thing about football is things change. And that's great. As we get more data, things change. But until then, you're stuck with my preseason predict- predictions. And here's where, what we're going to do. We're going to start in the West, start from the bottom, and get to the champion in the West. We're going to go to the East, start at the bottom, go to the champ in the East, and I'm going to talk about who I think is going to win the Big Ten Championship. So I'm going to start in the West, and I have a four-way tie in the conference for last. I initially thought that I had a three-way tie, and then I realized that just, just as I was about to record this, I realized that I can't do math apparently. Um, so I was counting it up and I realized, oh, wow, I have four teams in the West finishing three and six in the conference, but three of them are going to make a bowl. That's my prediction. I'm going to start with the one that's not going to make a bowl. Despite the fact that I made a really, really good case, I think for them to go eight and four in their best case, worst case, I've got Illinois finishing tied for fourth in the conference uh, in the division at five and seven and three and six in the conference. They start out with Wyoming and Indiana, which I think they win both those. They get a really good quarterback coming in uh, with Virginia, and I think Virginia beats them. I, th- I think Virginia probably beats them pretty handily. And then there's an uh, off week, but they're two and one, one and zero oh in the conference at that point. They get Chattanooga. They should win that one. It's three and one. And then it gets dicey. I have them losing to Wisconsin. I do have them beating Iowa at home, but then losing to Minnesota. And they're they're four and three up to that point. And something you need to realize, and this is going to be true with a lot of teams, it's not a it's not just about who they play, but when they play them and where in the schedule they play them. So like that. Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota stretch. I think Illinois could beat all three of those teams, not in a row. 
Like, certainly not in a row. So I have them winning one of those three. I think they get an upset against Iowa at home. They go to the bye week, and they play Nebraska at Nebraska. And unlike last year, I have Nebraska winning that game. So 4-4. and They get Michigan State at home. I think Sparty's a little too much for them. So 4-5. and Purdue at home. I think Purdue's a little bit too much for them. 4-6. and At Michigan, 4-7. and And they end with Northwestern, where they do get a rivalry win over Pat Fitzgerald and the Wildcats. And they finish 5-7. and 3-6 and in the conference. And so they're, they're tied for fourth in the conference because of their conference record, not because of their overall record. Also joining them is Northwestern at 6-6, six and 3-6 six, and six in the conference. So I have them beating Nebraska in the opener. And Doug Maurice made a really good point on Buckeye Talk. Uh, he's a reporter for Cleveland.com. If you're going to trust... Uh, a coach to get his team over the hump in traveling to Ireland to play a game. You know, there's a lot of obstacles to playing a game there. There's the flight, there's the jet lag, the time change, all that stuff. I trust Pat Fitzgerald more than Scott Frost. And that's, I I really am not trying to take shot after shot. Well, maybe I am trying to take shot after shot at Scott Frost. But I really am not trying to make that a thing against Scott Frost more than I think Pat Fitzgerald is amazing. What he's done at Northwestern is nothing short of a minor miracle. So I trust Pat Fitzgerald because he's the better coach and he's probably the best coach in the Big Ten. Like, that's just my opinion. He's great. So he starts out 1-0. Then he has a bye week, gets Duke and Southern Illinois and Miami of Ohio. And so they start out 4-0 until they hit reality at Penn State and Wisconsin. So they go in their second bye week and they're four and two. They play at Maryland, who Maryland just has a bit too much speed on the outside. So four and three. They go to Iowa. And again, Pat Fitzgerald is pretty great. And I think they get a win at Iowa. Five and three. They go to Ohio State. Or no, they they welcome Ohio State. They do not get the win against Ohio State. Five and four. At Minnesota, five and five. At Purdue, six and five. But again, Brett Bielema knows the Big Ten. He knows the Big Ten West. He knows rivalries. And I think Bielema, Bielema's them uh, at, or at home. And Northwestern loses that game uh, to Illinois to go 6-6, six 3-6 six, six in the conference. Tied for fourth. Also tied for fourth in the conference, Purdue at 6-6. Six and, six. and I know at the worst case, best case, Pod, I, I I was fairly high on Purdue, but I, the more I thought about it, with them losing Karloftis and David Bell, and I just the way the schedule breaks down, I I just don't know how much they're going to be able to do. And part of it is I think certain teams in the West are going to be better, and I, yeah, I I just I'm. This one was hard for me as I was thinking through it. But let me just tell you what I was wrestling through. So they get Penn State at, at home. That, that matchup is hard for Purdue because the more I look at Penn State's secondary, the more I'm becoming convinced that their secondary is going to be really, really legit again, even without Brisker and Castro Fields. So I think, they, I think Penn State gets them on a Thursday night. 
start out 0-1, but they, they get wins against Indiana State, Syracuse, and Florida Atlantic. So 3-1, and one, go to Minnesota where they lose, and then they lose to Maryland. Uh, so they're 3-3. Three and three. They get Nebraska at home, and they beat Nebraska. So 4-3, and three, but then they go to Wisconsin, and it's 4-4. Four and four. And then they finish Iowa at Illinois, uh, Northwestern at home at Indiana. I think they get Indiana, and I think they can. I think they beat Illinois. I think they're they're a little too explosive for Illinois, but I, I would not be. I I think they could go four and zero in that stretch, but I have them going two and two in that stretch because I just don't think the depth stacks up well, and they don't have an X factor like they do they did with David Bell last year, so I think that's going to be tough on them. They finish six and six and three and six in the conference. The last team that's tied for fourth is Iowa, and it's going to seem a bit weird because they're going to start out five and zero. South Dakota State, Iowa State, Nevada at Rutgers, and Michigan at home. Now, before anybody gets upset at me, I actually have Michigan doing really well, but every year. Iowa takes out a top five team, or it seems like every year, they take out a top five team at home. We saw it in 2016. We saw it in 2017. We saw it again. I I think they beat Minnesota in 2019 at home. Uh, Minnesota was ranked high. They were in the top 10. They beat Michigan, or no, they beat uh, Penn State last year at home. They just, something about Kinnick Stadium is deadly to top 10, top 5 teams at least once per year. And I think Michigan is, you know, has enough weakness on that team right now. Like, they're they're rebuilding on the defensive side of the ball. I I think their offense is going to be pretty good. But Iowa's defense is going to be really good. And I think they can get Michigan early in the season at home. So they're going to start 5-0. And then, because they don't have a lot of depth... And they don't have much on offense. They don't have a lot of room for error. They look ahead and they lose at Illinois to Brett Bielema because he's Brett Bielema. And so Illinois gets them 5-1 and one by week. At Ohio State, they lose. They lose to Northwestern. Get a bounce back win at Purdue. So 6-3. and three. But then they get Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Nebraska all in a row. And that is a brutal, brutal stretch. And they go winless in that stretch because as as good as the defense can be I just don't have a lot of confidence in Spencer Petrus without Tyler Goodson without many weapons on the outside uh without Linderbaum anchoring that offensive line so I ultimately I think Iowa the law of averages would suggest that Iowa is going to have a, a more of a down season this year so I've got them going 6 and 6, 3 and 6 in the conference. So that was four teams tied for fourth. Let me give you my third place team. It is Nebraska, and I think this performance will save Scott Frost's job for a year. They do lose, I have them losing to Northwestern before they followed up with wins against North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, you might be thinking, how in the world could Nebraska lose to Northwestern but beat Oklahoma? First of all, it's at home. 
and it's after they've gotten some, like they've dusted off some of the cobwebs. Second, Oklahoma feels a bit in disarray. Like they, they had a lot of transfers out. A lot of them went to USC. Um, Brent Venables, like there's been a, a coaching rift. Uh, one of their coaches just left abruptly like a week ago. And Nebraska, I mean, Nebraska played everybody tough last year. But I'm just not, I'm not sold on Brent Venables as a head coach yet. And so I think Scott Frost gets his signature win against Oklahoma at home. And they are riding high, 3-1. and one, And then coming out of the bye week, they get Indiana, win. At Rutgers, win. And then they play Purdue, and they lose. Because I think Aiden O'Connell, like I think Purdue can get some people. So that, that puts them at 5-2 and two going into their second bye. I've got them beating Illinois and Minnesota before they lose to Michigan and at home against Wisconsin, which is just a brutal stretch. And then they get at I- they go to Iowa, but I have them winning that game. And they finish eight and four, five and four in the conference. And that's a pretty solid year with that schedule. If they beat either Oklahoma or Michigan or Wisconsin, I think that's a really good year for them. So I've got them beating Oklahoma, eight and four, third in the conference. Set, or in the division, I should say. Second in the division. This is going to be surprising, guys. It's Wisconsin, which means Minnesota I have as my champion. Let me let me go through Wisconsin. I have Wisconsin finishing 10-2, and 7-2 and two in, in the conference. They get Illinois State, Washington State, and New Mexico State. New Mexico State all wins. I have them losing to Ohio State. With bounce back wins, Illinois at Northwestern, at Michigan State, and then home against Purdue. So seven and one. A bye week. And they play Maryland at Iowa, at Nebraska. They win all those games to get to ten and one, setting up a massive showdown with Minnesota at home. And Minnesota on the back of Mo Mo Ibrahim, they lose the game to Minnesota. Which means that the champions of the West are the Minnesota Golden Gophers, who I also have at ten and two, seven and two in the conference, with the tiebreaker being the head-to-head win over Wisconsin. So I've got them beating New Mexico State, uh, and then Western Illinois, and then Colorado. I have them upsetting Michigan State because I just don't think Michigan State's going to be able to handle the power run game. I have them beating Purdue which has them 5-0 and going into the bye week. Win against Illinois, 6-0, and and they're ranked. Then they go to Happy Valley, and it's the whiteout game. And I just don't think that Minnesota can handle the whiteout environment. Um, so 6-1, and and then they go to Rutgers, and then they go to Nebraska. And again, I think Nebraska is going to get some people this year. I think they have too much talent not to. They have a really good defensive line, a really good linebacking core, and I think they they slow down uh, Mo Ibrahim just enough, and they they get the upset in Lincoln. And so that puts them at 7-2, and two, but they get Northwestern Iowa at home, 
and a big showdown at Wisconsin, and I have them pulling the upset there. Because I, I'll be honest, I trust Tanner Morgan more than Graham Mertz. And I know that might sound weird because Tanner Morgan is not the greatest quarterback, but you know what? I think he's got a decent and underrated receiving core. He's got, I think, an underrated tight end. I think he's an underrated offensive line. And I think the defense might round into form by the by the middle of the season. And they don't have a lot of tough games early. Like, they go to Michigan State, but I'm not super high on Michigan State. Like, really? I, I, I think they're ranked 14th in the AP poll. Not super high on them. So, overall, I have Minnesota as my West champion. And if history shows up, uh, proves me right, which is just one year of the podcast, I'll get my West champion right, my East champion wrong. So Minnesota's in the Big Ten Championship. So Golden Gopher fans, celebrate. Uh, We'll see. Let me take a quick break, and then we will get to the East. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast, East Division for the Big Ten. I have flip-flopped a little bit on a couple teams, and you'll see that. But again, same thing as before. I'm going to start with the West, with the lowest and then end at the champion. The, just to make it clear, last year I picked Michigan State to lose every game in the Big Ten. They were my... Last place team in the East. I think everybody thought that. And then everybody got egg on their face because Mel Tucker took them to 11-2 and in a New Year's Six game. So the team I'm about to talk about here, I don't have them winning a single Big Ten game. I have them as the worst team in the conference, easily. Which probably means that they're going to go like eight and four, nine and three, and get egg on everybody's face because everybody thinks this. Uh, I have Indiana last at one and 11 and 0 and nine in the conference. They're, they're just, I don't think there's a lot of talent there. Unlike, unlike Michigan State, they also haven't done a great job in the transfer portal. So they, they got Connor Baz- Basilak from Missouri. Unless if he like gets... You know, I don't know how to say this. Uh, unless if he, like, super upgraded over the offseason, like, no offense, I just don't see it. But like, I just don't see them progressing much. I, I think this is going to be a rough year for Tom Allen. Uh, I, I would not be surprised if he gets fired. Um, which would be sad because he had a great year in 2020, and he's really been building that program, but they've kind of fallen off the wagon um, they, they do have some good recruits in waiting in the wings. So we'll see. Maybe they'll get an upgrade uh, in, in talent. Uh, Desan McCullough is a name to watch out for in that linebacking core. But they get Illinois on September 3rd. I have them losing that game before they play Idaho. 
And then it's just, they get Western Kentucky. That's a tricky, tricky non-conference game. And if they're struggling at all, Western Kentucky will outthrow them. And I think that's going to happen. So I have them losing to Western Kentucky. They play at Cincinnati. And I know Cincinnati has lost a lot of people, but I don't know. Like at this point, Cincinnati is just the better program right now. Um, At Nebraska, I don't think they can win that game. Michigan, Maryland, uh, I don't think they can win that game. Rutgers, uh, they can beat Rutgers, absolutely. But I think Greg Schiano is going to do some stuff, and I think Greg Schiano is better than Tom Allen. So I trust, I trust him. It's at Rutgers. So I have him 1-8 and eight going into the bye. And then they end with Penn State at Ohio State, at Michigan State, and home at Purdue, or home playing Purdue. I don't like that, those odds against any of those teams. 1-11, and 0-9. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Hoosiers. My wife is from Hoosierland. I, it's nothing against you. I just... Maybe you'll see it as a blessing in disguise because last year my last place team ended up ranked in the top 10. So maybe that happens and you can thank me later. Uh, sixth in the East, I have Rutgers, three and nine, two and seven in the conference. They start out at Boston College. That's a tough non-conference game for them. Uh, both teams are defensively defensive head-minded. Jeff Halfley, the head coach there. But I think, I think Purdue just has a better set of players on offense. Uh, they have a better quarterback. I, I, Rutgers, unless if they start Gavin Wimsat, if they start Noah Vedral again, and l- listen, I think Noah Vedral is a he's a savvy veteran, but man, it's I'm not sure he is a if I'm not sure he's gonna be able to win games in the Big Ten for you. So and if he can't win. Like most games in the Big Ten, he's probably not going to win a game at Boston College. So, got him losing that one. They play Wagner and at Temple. They should win both of those games. They get Iowa at home. I have them losing to Iowa. I have them losing to Ohio State. I have them losing to Nebraska. So, they're 2-4 and four going into the break. They play with uh, Indiana. I have them winning that game. But then it's, it's at Minnesota, home Michigan, at Michigan State. Home against Penn State and at Maryland. I, that's a brutal, brutal stretch, and I don't have them winning a single game in that stretch. So they finished three and nine, two and seven in the conference. Fifth, and Spartan fans are not gonna like me. I have Michigan State fifth. I thought Michigan State outperformed last year, and I think similar to Iowa, I think they have a a downturn this year. Not because I don't believe in Mel Tucker and not because I don't think they're building something great in East Lansing. I think they're going to be really, really good over the next few years. But I just, with them losing Kenneth Walker and Speedy Naylor, and there's a lot of talk about them bringing back all the guys on defense. That defense was bad last year, especially against the pass. And so I, I just, I don't like their odds uh, in the Big Ten. I have them 6-6, six 3-6 and 3-6 six, and six in the conference. They play Western Michigan. I have them winning that. They play Akron. 
win. They go out to Washington. I think they start 3-0. They play Minnesota. I have them losing that game. I, I, I think Minnesota's going to be really tough on the ground. And I think Tanner Morgan can give them just enough uh, over, uh, through the air. At Maryland, that's a tough offense if they have all their receivers back by then. Uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin, I have them losing all four of those games. I just think it's it's going to be a little too tough for the Spartans. Uh, if if they get one, it would either be Wisconsin or Minnesota, I think. But I just have them. I don't think they can. They'll be able to stand up to those four. It's going to be a bad start. So they'll they'll start three and four, at Michigan after the bye week three and five. Michigan gets revenge, but then they they end with Illinois, Rutgers, Indiana, and at Penn State. I think they get Illinois, Rutgers, and Indiana because they they have, they have more talent. But they lose at uh, at Penn State, and they go six and six, three and six in the conference. Fourth, I have Maryland. Please don't let me down, Maryland, because it seems like every year you tease us. You say we're going to be good, we're going to beat Texas, or we're going to beat West Virginia, and then you get steamrolled. Don't do that this year. Don't do it to me, Maryland. Okay, Maryland eight and four, five and four in the conference. They get Buffalo at Charlotte. And a tricky game, uh, home, SMU, I, I do have them winning all three of those games. At Michigan, I think they lose that game. I think they lose at Michigan. But they win against Michigan State. Uh, they beat Purdue. They beat Indiana. They beat Northwestern. So they start 7-1. and one, And then the brutal stretch that is the end of the season for them. At Wisconsin, at Penn State, Ohio State at home, and then they end with Rutgers. I don't think they beat any of those teams except Rutgers. And so they end with a respectable 8-4, and 5-4. and four. That would be a great season for Maryland. It would be a great season for Maryland. I want that so badly for Maryland. Um, so, Mike Loxley, if you're listening, you have a fan in Zach Guggenheim of the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. Number three, I'm flip-flopping so hard on Penn State. I have Penn State finishing third, barely. Barely third. Ten and two, seven and two in the conference. I have them beating Purdue, and then they play Ohio, and then they go to Auburn. And I said in both my best case and my worst case, I don't think they can beat Auburn. I have changed my mind. I think they beat Auburn. The more I listen to college football nerds and the more I talk to Penn State people who are in the know with Penn State, who are, who are more objective, I, I think Auburn has the SEC mystique but they're not that great. And Penn State, you know, I was very I was not very high on their on their defense and the more I look into them, the more I I hear from people, I'm like this defense could be maybe as good if not better. And PJ Mustafer's coming back, that that's a big deal. Like he's not he may not be a high-level NFL player, but like he really uh, solidifies that that defensive line, especially in the run defense. So I 
I think they beat Auburn uh, at Auburn. I'm picking that. Um, they play Central Michigan, win. Northwestern, win. So they start 5-0. and They go to the big house in Ann Arbor. They lose to Michigan. 5-1. and I have them beating Minnesota. So 6-1, and but then they play Ohio State. I have them losing to Ohio State. Just too much firepower. Um, and, and I think Ohio State's defense is going to be much better than last year. Uh, at Indiana, win. Maryland, win. At Rutgers, win. Michigan State, win. 10-2, and two, really good season, possibly a New Year's Six Bowl. Second, I have Michigan at 10-2, 7-2 in the conference. And they, win, they have the tiebreaker over Penn State. Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn, Maryland, all wins. I mentioned before, they go to Iowa and lose, but they beat Indiana and they beat Penn State. They come off the bye week, they get revenge on Michigan State at Rutgers. They win. Nebraska, they win. Illinois, they win. Setting up, I think, a probably a top eight matchup, maybe a top six matchup at Ohio State. Playoff uh, berth on the line, Big Ten Championship berth on the line. I do think Ohio State wins at home in a close game. Uh, and so they finish 10-2, and two, which means my East champ is Ohio State. Now, I'm not going to tell you if they beat Notre Dame because I haven't decided that yet. But I think they go 11-0 in the rest of the games. So I... Yeah, and that... I want to keep it because my playoff rankings uh, are, are hinging on that game as well, and I haven't fully decided on that yet. So question mark for Notre Dame, but they beat Arkansas State, they beat Toledo, they beat Wisconsin, Rutgers at Michigan State. Uh, the biggest, the toughest stretch for them, honestly, I think there's two stretches of games, and honestly, they're not, they're not that tough if, if you compare it to other schedules. They have Iowa at Penn State and at Penn State. That's that's pretty tough, but I think it's it's fairly manageable, especially coming off a bye. And then at Maryland and Michigan is kind of tricky. Like at at Maryland is tricky because of the firepower, but I I don't think Maryland. I don't think their defense could hold up. I I don't think their defense can hold up, and I think Michigan. I think Michigan's going to be the toughest game on their schedule. And I, I, I think they'll get it done. But it will be tough. So I have Ohio State, Minnesota, and I think Ohio State will beat Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship game uh, by a couple scores. I think it'll be tough. It'll be close uh, early because PJ, P.J. Fleck will have his boys motivated. Um you know, Minnesota kept it close against Ohio State last year. Now, Ohio State's a very different team, I think, going into this year. This is the thing, and I'll say this. Ohio State, I'm skeptical about Ohio State, but I'm still picking them to win the Big Ten. And I promise it's not just because I wear scarlet-colored glasses. A lot of people are looking at the defense and looking at last year, and they're like, see, their defense stinks. I'm not sure their defense could be any worse than last year. They switched schemes in the middle, no, in, in 
the beginning of the season, the third week of the season, which is almost impossible to do. They started the season with no starting corners back. They didn't know who their starting defense was week one. Like, they, they were rotating, like, 25 guys into 11 spots. And while I'm concerned about their corner depth, I'm concerned about their offensive line depth, if they are healthy, I think Jim Knowles is going to make enough of a difference at defense. I don't think this defense is going to be great early. But they don't have to be great early. And even if they lose to Notre Dame... They will, I I think they can, they'll have enough built in that by the time they get to Wisconsin and then Michigan State, Penn State, I think they'll have the defense rolling. And again, you look at the schedule, there's no real stretches where you're like, oh, that's going to be really hard, except for like a stretch of two games. Like they get Wisconsin, but then they have Toledo before them and they have Rutgers after them. They get Michigan State but it's bracketed between Rutgers and a bye. And then you have Iowa and at Penn State. That's not that, like, that's tough, but you have a bye week before. And then you have, after Penn State, you have Northwestern, who probably is not going to give you that hard of a time. I think it, they might play it close for a, a quarter and a half, but I think, I think Ohio State can pull away. So it's really, the schedule is tough, but it's, not, it's manageable which is not always the case. Like sometimes you have a tough schedule because you have four or five top 25 caliber teams in a row. That's not the case with Ohio State. So I, I think that the schedule is manageable. Notre Dame is not, like Notre Dame, they don't have to beat Notre Dame to win the Big Ten. So I, I've got them at 11-0 with a question mark on the 12th game, but undefeated in the Big Ten. So that's it. That's my preseason predictions. Minus one game, which we'll talk about. Uh, when we talk about the playoff uh, and who I have in the playoff uh, prediction, let me know your thoughts. Big Ten Football Talk at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Leave a review. This has been the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Signing off. God bless.